Hello and welcome to one more episode of the All Plane Podcast. The podcast where we explore different aspects of the aviation industry in the company of those that know them inside out. But before we start, let me make the usual reminder that you can find the preceding 25 episodes, in addition to many other articles and stories about commercial aviation, on our website, allplane.tv. That's A L P L A N E dot TV. Today on the podcast, we have an aviation pioneer in the literal sense of the word. You may have heard about the Solar Impulse, which was an experimental aircraft that just a few years ago, in 2016, broke several records when circumnavigating the globe while running on solar energy only. Well, one of the two aviators on that journey was Swiss pilot and entrepreneur André Borchberg. The other was Bertrand Picard, who is also known for a number of other unusual aviation feats. Still today, André holds the record of being the person that has completed the longest uninterrupted solo flight on a fixed-wing aircraft. That was the 118 hours he flew between Japan and Hawaii. But as impressive as this is, and although we do talk briefly about the solar impulse, Andre has come to the podcast mainly to talk about a new project of his. This is H55, a startup which is working on electric propulsion, an area that, as you know, we are paying very close attention to. H55 is currently testing its first prototype, an electric powertrain fitted into a checkmate airframe that has already been tested on several flights over the Swiss Alps. The next step will be to get it certified before the first units can be delivered by the end of 2022. This first aircraft is going to be aimed primarily at the flight training market, but Andre is already thinking a few years ahead and about the multiple applications that H-55's electric powertrain will have in the broader aviation industry. We are talking about a truly transformative technology here. So, in order to learn more about it, let me welcome Andre to the podcast. Hello, Andre. How are you? Good. It's a pleasure to be with you today. I'm very excited to have you here today on the podcast because you had a very important role in a groundbreaking aviation project that was completed a few years ago. That's a Solar Impulse. It was an experimental aircraft that flew around the world on solar power only. From that project, you then moved on to uh, developing an electric propulsion project based in Switzerland called H55. That it's expected to have some very interesting applications. So I would like to speak about these two projects. But first of all, can you tell us a little bit about yourself, about your background? Yeah, of course, yes, with pleasure. Uh, I'm an entrepreneur uh, for, uh, for many, many uh, years. And I uh, studied engineering. I st- uh, did an uh, MBA from uh, the, uh, the Sloan School at MIT. So I was always attracted by technology, by the potential of innovation, but also by the way, in fact, to bring this innovation, these new thoughts into reality, uh, real products, real, uh, basically real, real applications. And uh, in 2003, when my partner Bertrand Picard had this idea uh, to fly around the world with 
uh, a completely new concept, new type of aircraft, a new type of uh, propulsion to demonstrate the potential of clean technology. That was the aim at the time. I was uh, immediately extremely enthusiastic because it was exactly what I was and uh, what I did and what I really liked to do. I think in a new way, um, bring new solution. And I think more important today is to bring solutions which are useful, uh, useful in the long term. So not only you know something to make a profit, but really to have an application, a product which serves humanity. And what best, in fact, could be you know than uh, than a clean aviation solution. So at the beginning, it was not so much to revolutionize aviation. I mean, you know, to 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 bring a new type of airplanes for everyone. It was to show the potential. But when I flew over the Pacific Ocean for five days, five nights, nonstop, uh, that's the longest flight ever done with any type of airplane. Yeah, actually, I, I just, uh, was, just yeah. uh, apologies to, to cut you here. Just a note for the audience. Uh, you are currently holding the record, right, for the longest, uh, longest nonstop flight on a fixed wing aircraft. Yeah, that's right, yes. Uh, and uh, of course, I hope in some ways that it will be beaten by someone soon because it would mean that you know we make progress with with technology, but that's not the case yet. And and I think we could do it because the airplane was able to fly non-stop. I mean, uh, for an unlimited time, it was the first airplane who had an unlimited endurance because on one side it was getting its energy from the sun every day. And on the other side, it was so efficient that this little energy you can collect from the sun was sufficient to fly day and night. And in fact, this efficiency, and when I, that was what I was trying to say, is that when I did this flight, the five days and five nights flight, it was so impressive uh, in terms of uh, rare reliability, uh, ease of use, uh, that I really thought that this technology would have a great potential in the aviation world as well. And that's the reasons why we decided uh, when we completed the flight around the world with a, uh, a few of my colleagues at Solar Impulse uh, to continue the development of this technology and to bring it to everyone, I mean, to any application. Yeah. And to make it possible because, of course, people, you know, when you talk about clean aviation, this think, yeah, when can I fly with, a, you know, a large airliner and uh, cross the oceans completely clean? Of course, this will not happen immediately. Uh, we will start with a much uh, more uh, uh, modest application, but it will happen at a certain stage. It will take time, but it will happen. But we need to start today, and that's what we are doing with the company we created, uh, H55. Mm -hmm. The Solar Impulse is such a fascinating project that it, it possibly would be enough for a whole podcast on its own, maybe some, some other time because we are a bit con time constrained today. I, I would like to speak about this H55 project you are, you are leading. So you are creating the propulsion system for a light aircraft that, at least the very first version, the first iteration, is designed for training pilots. And you are doing this in, uh, in the canton of Valais in Switzerland. And you recently completed a test flight. Well, recently, I think it, it was last year, right? Uh, about right. a year ago. Mm -hmm. But you, you keep developing this project. And here I must say, you have a very interesting series of videos on YouTube that uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to post on the show notes where you explain step by step all this journey. Can you tell us a bit more about the H55 uh, project, the technology behind mm -hmm. it? 
and where are you now with this project? Sure. Um, so first of all, we decided to focus on one part of the world of clean aviation, which is the propulsion system. Uh, so that's the motor, the motor controllers, the energy source. So it can be a battery, it can be in a hybrid system. So something which produces the electricity on board. Solar impulse was a hybrid airplane. I mean, the electricity, electricity was coming from the sun, transformed into electricity, and then used for, uh, for uh, propulsion. Uh, so that's, that's our world. The second uh, part of the strategy, which is important, is that we know that for aviation, certification is the necessary path. I mean, if you don't think about certification, you will never be able to bring something which can be used in the, in, in, in aircraft. So we see our company um, as an instrument to bridge the world of innovation, because you have to be innovative and come with new solutions in the traditional world of aviation through the certification process. And so we, we are developing a certified organization, a certified product, and to be able to do this, you need to fly. And if you want to fly quick, the best way is to start with existing airplane, with an existing platforms. And the best application we found to start with is the flight trainer, because that's an aircraft which flies more or less an hour, uh, doing circuits uh, all day long to train pilots, to make them learn how to take off and land. Makes a lot of noise. It's, uh, of course, not uh, clean for the environment. There are a lot of now pressure from local people to forbid all these flights or to limit these flights. So there is a very strong motivation for this, uh, for this new product. So we said, okay, let's start with this. In parallel, we developed uh, hybrid systems for larger aircraft. And our vision, in fact, is to be able to bring this electric propulsion to, in the first step, small commuters. So airplanes which will uh, and, and do, in fact, the, uh, the transport of people between cities. So it's not yet intercontinental. It will happen much, much later. Uh, but these aircraft and will be aircraft uh, with the seats between 20 and 50. I think we'll see a bit of change of the way we transport people because we'll be able to use airports very close to the cities as this airplane will be much quieter and of course cleaner with the, uh, compared to existing uh, uh, technologies. So more welcome in this kind of environment, opening up a new potential, in fact, new way to, to transport people. So step by step, uh, we like to build up experience, starting with simple application like the flight trainer, going to more complex application for IFR flights, for example, can be a twin engine uh, on the same propeller towards larger platforms to serve this future commuting uh, aircraft uh, market. All of this is in the roadmap of H55. All this well, is in the roadmap. And of course, we don't forget the VTOL world because that's something I really like personally because that's where I see the potential of electric engines. It's, uh, it's clean, of course. It's efficient, 95%. So it makes sense. It's very simple, very low maintenance. So it's evident it will come. But more interesting is that you can have one motor, you can have 10 motors, you can have 20 motors. As you don't have maintenance, the maintenance cost is about the same. So it allows you to distribute these motors on the airplane and uh, come up with a completely different design. Uh, so I think the future is not just to replace, I mean, that's what we start with now, 
to replace combustion engine. I mean, we want to be in the air quickly, so uh, we, we take the simple path. But I think the future is with the potential to come up with uh, new designs, with this distributed propulsion, using also electric motors, not only to propel the aircraft, but to control it. So uh, that's what's amazing. I mean, uh, if you have something which is efficient, which is clean, which is uh, uh, quieter, so making much less noise, and which allows you to be extremely flexible in the way you, you control uh, the, the aircraft, uh, you'll see very interesting solutions come up uh, during the next, uh, the next 10 years. Mm -hmm. Challenge, of course, is to certify this new, new, new thing, huh? because the more innovative you are, the more difficult it's to, it's to certify. Well, that's reasons why we also want to be able to bring to these people a certified battery pack, so they can at least have access to certified components to facilitate the certification of their new, new aircraft, new ideas, new solutions. On your website, you, um, you highlight the certification aspect uh, a lot. If I understand correctly, you are now undergoing this process, right, with your, your first prototype. Yeah, that's right, yes. We, we have the process uh, now ongoing with the ASA. You know, you, on one side, you have to certify the organization, um, the design organization itself. Uh, then you need to certify the production organization. Uh, so you are allowed by EASA basically to produce and come up with the products which uh, then ultimately will be certified. So it's not just to demonstrate the product is safe, but it's to demonstrate that the process is safe as well. And mm -hmm. if you make a change, you know, the change is extremely well implemented has been analyzed, has been demonstrated as being safe. Uh, that's, you know, what was not well done at Boeing with the 737 MAX. Mm -hmm. I don't like to, to criticize other people, but I think it's a good example of where one has to be careful. Uh, by going too fast, basically, uh, they did not go through this certification process at the right time, which forced them to ground the aircraft for a year and a half. And you see the difficulty they had to bring it back in the, uh, in the air. Uh, so that's what we go through now. And in parallel also, we certify our first um, uh, electric propulsion system for flight, uh, uh, flight trains. Mm -hmm. There is no certified system yet. Huh? So there is uh, no uh, electric propulsion which yet, you know, in the jargon uh, of aviation uh, type certificate. So that's what we are aiming for. Early 2022, and you are using an airframe. You are you are basically you have developed the powertrain, and you are fitting this into an existing airframe that is a light aircraft made in a, by a Czech manufacturer. Yeah, that's our first customer. Mm -hmm. uh, so it's uh, uh, and uh, we believe it's a very good aircraft for this type of application. They sell it already in many, for many, many schools around the world with a combustion engine. Uh, so with a slight transformation, because of course now instead of having fuel tank, you have battery systems. So the weight distribution is different. The aircraft is a little bit heavier. So you have to demonstrate that uh, flight characteristics are also uh, adequate. So they go through their own certification programs, but it's, it's pretty simple. I mean, compared, of course, to the initial programs, certification programs they went through. Mm -hmm. So it's our first customer. Uh, but of course, we are talking now to other aircraft manufacturers. And uh, I think everyone starts to be extremely interested because the demand for the market is, uh, is uh, more and more pressing. 
to get this type of uh, clean, uh, clean and quiet solutions. Mm -hmm. Because of the flight schools themselves, I mean, uh, it's interesting to see, you know, young students, young pilots, they want to learn flying on new types of airplanes. I mean, they don't want to learn on, on an airplane which has been designed 50, 60 years ago with an engine which has been designed as well 50 years ago, which they know will be replaced by these new, uh, new technologies. Yeah, actually, that's, that's uh, exactly the, the next question I had for you is how different, your main target is the, the flight schools. How different is it to learn to fly on an electric plane compared to a traditional one? I'm not a pilot myself, so I, can, I cannot talk from experience, but I'm just curious how the experience differs and whether there are some tweaks that are unique to electric flying when it comes to learning. The flight characteristics of the airplane are very similar. I mean, even the, I mean, the, I don't want to say the same because the airplane may be a little bit heavier, so of course the behavior is slightly different. But at the end, the controllability of the airplane is exactly the same. So landing, taking off with an electric airplane or a combustion engine airplane doesn't make a big a big change. So you can go from one to the next one, you will not see much much difference. Then in the way you use the propulsion, it's it's the same way as you know you fly. On piston engine, when you go and fly with a turbine, you have to know the difference. Uh, there are some small differences in the way you use it, in the type of uh, problems you may have. Uh, so you have to learn this, and for electric, it's the same. I think one interesting uh, difference is that when you use a combustion uh, airplane, you have fuel tanks. And as you fly, in fact, the fuel tanks will get empty. So one thing will change potentially is the center of gravity because you know the fuel tank is just not exactly i mean very close but not exactly on this uh, center of gravity and of course the aircraft gets lighter and uh, so the ratio power to weight is improving uh, the more you fly the more power you have in relation to the weight and for electric aircraft it's i don't want to say it's the opposite because you can compensate it but it's a little bit different because first of all there is no change in weight so you get the same takeoff and landing weight that's interesting um, you have no change in set of gravity makes it of course much more simple but as the battery get, gets depleted the voltage gets a little bit lower so potentially you may lose part of the power uh, so you may compensate it, but you still, you know, you, the, ten, the trend is to have a little bit less power available at the end compared to the beginning. So you have to know this, you have to be aware of it. Uh, so these are the very small differences. But in terms of uh, uh, flying permits, license that pilot will get, it will be the same and because the aircraft flies the same. And you also design a specific uh, instrument panel. In some ways, yes, because the interface with the electric system is important to know uh, uh, the behavior of the batteries. I mean, we have, uh, uh, and we follow, and that's very different compared to electric cars, we follow each battery cell. So we measure the temperature on each cell. And on these flight trainers, we have about 3,000 cells. Uh, so we have uh, uh, measurements done uh 3000 times on a battery pack of a car i think they have five or six different temperature measurements at different locations but it doesn't go so far uh, so this information is available uh, of course it's uh, it's computed so the computer gives you maximum minimum so of course it's simplified but you have you have access to all this so uh, the level of safety is is uh, is extremely high 
And you have to demonstrate to the authorities that even if you have one cell which would burn uh, because it has a chemical problem, it will not trigger the fire of the adjacent, adjacent cells. So, of course, it will not trigger the fire of the airplanes or damage the airplanes uh, and create, of course, catastrophic situation. So that's something which is difficult. And that's something we have been doing. And that's something, and these are the solutions that we propose to our customers. Mm -hmm. And just to wrap it up, because I know you are a bit short of time today. So, uh, um, yeah, I'm going to add all this extra information on the show notes so that people can get to, to see pictures and, and some information about all these things we're talking about. But I wanted to ask you about the economics of electric flight. I saw in your website or on your videos, I don't remember now, that this has a very low operational cost. Do you have some numbers about how it compares to the uh, conventional fuel-powered aircraft? Yeah, or the way we price effects the technology is to make the uh, cost of ownership. You know, the cost of ownership is the total cost for someone which includes the, the amortization costs, uh, the maintenance costs, uh, the fuel costs, uh, and so on and so on. That's the cost per hour for someone who is a small user. So for a small aero club or a small flying school, that's this cost is the same over the, the, the life of the, uh, of the airplane. For a large school which flies much more, much many, uh, much more many, much more hours. How to say that? Uh, compared to a, a small school per year, this cost will be lower. I mean, in average, something like twenty percent lower than uh, than uh, with combustion engines. So the solution has to be cheaper. I mean, you cannot ask people to go to clean uh, technologies, but says you know, sorry guys, but you have to pay much more than existing solution. They will not do it. Huh? So that's important. But what's, there's something which is extremely interesting to realize is that the big part of the cost of ownership for combustion engine is fuel. It's the same for transport airplane. Right? It's 25, 30, 40, 50%. I mean, it all depends, you know, how old and which type of aircraft and so on and so on. But it's a very big part. Yeah. If you have an efficient system, of course, you, you use much less energy and the cost of electricity is, uh, is, uh, is today is much lower which means that the energy cost is extremely small. So instead of spending money on fuel, which goes to uh, oil producing countries, you spend money on technology uh, to make basically your aircraft cleaner, quieter, and so on. Mm -hmm. Very good. Um, so you are privately funded and you are, what are the next milestones? Is it um, releasing, you expect the aircraft to be fully certified next year and to um, be on the market already by 2022. Is that correct? Certified, our system and the aircraft will be certified in 2022 and we'll start doing the first deliveries this year as well. So uh, our goal is to see this airplane Flying, I mean the uh, the uh, BRM electric, and we call it the energy. Uh, to uh, our goal is to see them in the first flight schools in 2022, in the second semester of 2022. Yes. Mm -hmm. And after that, any specific timeframes for product extensions or, as oh, you yes. mentioned earlier. <laughs> of course, yeah, now we have uh, uh, on the roadmap uh, 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 different projects. So the, the next one is, uh, is a hybrid. 
solution, which will fly next year and certified a little bit later than the, uh, the first one. Uh, it's going to use uh, still fossil energy uh, because I believe in step-by-step -step development. So, you know, to go immediately uh, with uh, hydrogen, which is new, with uh, electric propulsion, which is new and so on, it, it's too big a step. So uh, we will add uh, a generator uh, and a combustion engine, which will allow to uh, take off either electric uh, or even on the combustion engine. But I mean, that's not the goal, uh, but, you, uh, but you could, or with both. Uh, but the goal would be to take off electric, to have a quiet uh, flight around the, uh, the airport and to use the combustion engine only at cruise uh, to give, of course, the energy in fact, to do the cruise flight. So at the, the range level, yes. And if you design it well, you can have something which is more efficient with uh, existing combustion solutions. So that's the, uh, that's the goal. And, uh, and of course, you have uh, an interesting endurance. The next step afterwards is, would be to go clean. And uh, I believe that if you want to use fuel cells and hydrogen, you also need an, a battery pack as a, as a, as a dual system. Uh, it increases safety because you don't have just the fuel cell as the primary, uh, primary system. So you could shut it down and use the battery only and land if you want to and need to interrupt the flight. So I believe the combination is going to be extremely interesting. And again, in fact, going step by step, so not doing everything in the in the same time. So hydrogen is, I would say, the third third part. But you can have, if you have a hybrid system, you can have two electric motors on the same axis. So you can have a system which is extremely reliable. So we aim uh, to develop IFR solutions also very soon, so that uh, private airplanes, leading ultimately to commuters private airplanes can fly electric around the airports and hybrid uh, during the cruise uh, with using a very, very safe system for that. Well, that's something definitely we'll be keeping an eye on to see what, we, what we news come out of Switzerland. <laughs> <laughs> very good. Andre, it's been a real pleasure having you here on the podcast. Um, thank you so much for uh, making time today for, for this interview. Great pleasure. Just a, a reminder that people can find you on h55.ch, uh, so not .com, .ch, which is the .ch, Swiss yeah. internet code. Also on YouTube, where you have many, as I said earlier, you have many interesting videos where you explain step-by-step step all the developments of this very interesting project. So I'm going to post links to all of these on the show notes. So uh, wishing you all the best with, uh, with the project. And Thank you very much. Hopefully, we'll be reading some exciting news soon about... We'll keep you posted for sure. The progress. Thank you for your interest, Miguel. Thank you. Bye. Have a great day. Bye-bye. And one more thing before you go. Remember, you can subscribe to the Oplane Podcast on Apple Podcasts, on Spotify, on Google Podcasts, Stitcher, and many other platforms. If you like this podcast, please do not hesitate to give it a good rating or to recommend it to a friend. See you soon. Yeah.